You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Once you become a parent, personal goals can often go on the back burner. Your priorities change and now you're focused on keeping a small person alive. That may mean leaving work to care for a child at home, or it may mean putting in longer hours to make up for the loss of income as another parent stays home. Nat Cook is a coach and owner of Gritbox. He says that personal goals are important, especially for dads. Hi, Nate. Welcome. Good morning, Siobhan. Why are personal goals important for dads in particular? I think personal goals are are really important for dads because a mother goes through an experience that dads can't relate to. They can't experience, they can't fathom. We try to, but we can't get it. We don't get it. But all of a sudden, your life changes from a moment through the birthing process to all of a sudden, wow, now I've got to look after this little human being. Everything changes for men, for dads. Goals are set in being strong, they're being aligned, we're providing for our family, we're going to build a career, we're going to be doing all these things. Generally, that's the outside world pushing that on us. Once a baby comes along, we seem to forget those kind of things. And we now seem to step into a, a different role that's not necessarily anchored in what we want. What do we want out of life as a dad, as a husband, as a role model? So it's really, really important that dads recalibrate, reset what's important to them and find out what it is. And is that, I mean, we talk a lot about mums once the baby comes, how, you know, all of your, not all of your priorities can shift, but it happens for a lot of women that all of a sudden what they thought they wanted after they have their baby, they're like, actually, I don't want to go back to work full time. I don't want to, I want to be here more. And we don't often talk about what a shift is like for dads. I think we often assume that dads don't shift as much as mums. Is that true in your experience or, or what did you find happened when you had your children? Yeah, no, it really did. And, I, and working with parents and working with children, you know, especially talking to dads and things like that, when you give them a space to be able to be a little bit vulnerable and, and open to that, they kind of, they find themselves lost for the first little six to 12 months. You know, they've, they're heading down a path and then now I've got more responsibility and I don't know how that relates to career. I want to build a career. I want to earn money. I want to provide for my family. And if you're fortunate enough for a, for the mum to stay at home, you know, and, and rear that child up until a certain age, you know, the dad takes on that responsibility, but they don't know what that necessarily looks like. So what do I need to set a new career goal? Do I now need to set a goal of finishing work early so I can come home at four o'clock or three o'clock so that I can be with my wife and I can be with my child and not necessarily turn up at nine o'clock at night, you know, chasing the career uh, that, you know, dads, I don't think within a community tend to kind of be vulnerable enough to talk about that. And for me personally, I've got four children and our, our world kind of got rocked just after our, our last daughter was born, where I was working in Newcastle at the time, and my wife was down in Sydney with the four children. And we, we were kind of going through, it was Christmas time, everything was great. I was working, the kids went down early, things were there. Just after my sort of wife um, had, our last, uh, had our last child, um, through the sort of reason, she ended up having an operation, hysterectomy for sort of where things were. So that was fine. Everything was okay. But unfortunately, there were complications internally that all of a sudden I have a phone call from my mum saying that 
Tara's passed out on the lounge. We kind of can't, we don't know what's happened, what's up. We're like, I don't know, what do you mean? Got four young children, newborn, three boys down there, ready for Christmas, everything's there. I'm in Newcastle working, chasing that, you know, providing for my family when all of a sudden I get a phone call. So I just upended, jumped in the car and raced down. Unfortunately, what had happened is there'd been some hemorrhaging inside and Tara was basically in a, in a really, really bad way. Ambulance call, drop down to the hospital, going those kind of things. Next minute, I find myself in Sydney in a hotel room with four children under the age of... So about 20 months, so about, you know, under the age of six, four under the age of six, sitting there thinking, what's going on? What's happened? Where are my priorities shifted? What are my goals? Where am I going? I was literally paralyzed on the bed. I couldn't move. I can remember my kids coming in, dad, what are we having? You know, what's going on? What's, what's happening? They weren't freaked out. But in that moment, it kind of allowed me to refocus of what's important to me. What goals am I going to set? What kind of parent am I going to be? What kind of dad am I going to be? And what kind of husband I'm going to be? So it was a shifting moment for me. I don't wish that on any dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But for me, it was allowing me to actually recalibrate what's important. What goals do I want? I want to be a more active dad. I want to be around. I don't want to be necessarily chasing a career that doesn't allow me to have a good work-life balance. It's so interesting to hear you speak like that because I think, like I said, we have this conversation around mums a lot, but we don't talk about dads and how um, they are expected. Like you said, there's that societal pressure to provide and your role is pretty clearly cut. Even if you decide to change how you want to do the whole heterosexual normative family thing even if you say okay I'm going to be around more people I don't know if you found this but sometimes people even question that they're like oh hold on a minute what do you mean you're cutting back your hours to be with your family do you think that's still out there that this idea of man as provider and the as you called it like the security blanket for the family do you think that expectation is still something that is just straight away assumed of dads i think it is yeah which and i don't like it yeah um because it i doesn't see give you any room it doesn't no it, and you're kind of you're given a you're given a title you're given a purpose without actually even having a buy-in or having a say of i actually choose to do this. I love being a provider for my family, both myself and my wife work. I I want to be a provider for my family, but at the same time, that's something I choose. Yeah. And I think for dads, we don't necessarily get the choice or realize that we've got the choice. And I think that's where dads can feel really disillusioned from home or they can feel kind of quite removed because their goals do shift. Yeah. And that's okay for your goals to shift. That's fine. But they may not know how to what, what are the new goals? What are the new goals? Nobody's telling you what they are. That's exactly right. And it's an opportunity. And I think, I think it's getting better. But I think dads need to be more curious and more vulnerable to talking to other dads or mums or other people that allow them to actually say, you know what? I don't actually want to be a working dad. I actually want to be at home raising my kids. 
but they've never actually ever spoken to their wife about it because their wife may have had a career or not a career or in the back of her mind or, you know, sort of thought, oh, I'd love to go back to university or I'd love to go back and study. And, you know, I love being a mum, but I don't want this to always be what I do. And without that communication between the two of them, again, it's a taboo kind of thing. We don't necessarily it's talk about. Assumptions. It's just assumptions. But without actually saying, hey, I don't necessarily want to do this anymore because I want to be a stay-at-home dad. Oh my goodness, amazing. Yeah, how liberating. I think it's changing, Siobhan. I think it is. And I, when I'm working with dads, yep, I do dads only kind of, you know, sessions where we talk about certain things, allow the platform and the space for dads to be able to talk about it. Yep. Um, expose themselves to a little bit of emotion. Yeah. Which is okay. How do you find that? Like, I know you're, you're providing that space for dads, yep. but given that I would suggest there's a history of women being given that space. And yeah. so we've had practice at it, yeah. whereas um, men traditionally haven't been given the space to be vulnerable, as you say, and to talk about fatherhood. When you actually give that opportunity, what's it like in reality? Like, do you have to do a bit of coaxing? Do you have to show them by example? Like, do you have to tell, do you have to go to your vulnerable place to show them that you can be a man and do this and it's okay? Hundred percent. You you need to go there first. Yep, you do. You need to provide a space that is vulnerable, that's open. There's. I, I kind of talk about like a slow goodbye, like a slow goodbye to a to a stigma. And generally, a lot of the times, men are men from from modelling or from role modelling or how necessarily their dad was and their dad was and their dad was, and it kind of generally goes down the line. If you kind of talk to men, may not necessarily see that unless it's kind of exposed and. I've had times like that where you'd be vulnerable and they're like, oh, I've never really thought about it that way, but my dad always used to do that. Well, he was a provider and he came home and that's what he did. So that was just the path that I assumed I needed to take without questioning it. In that space, it is pretty magical. It is pretty, it's pretty raw. Some guys, it's a slow goodbye to a, to those muscles and to those kind of, you know, stigma, big lion kind of standing there. But given an ability or given the opportunity to be able to talk openly about their children, and I think that's where it's generally anchored, most guys do kind of open up the experience that I've had. Yeah. yeah. I find it, it's such an interesting way of thinking. As a woman, yeah. it's interesting to hear you speak like that because I feel when you talk about muscle yeah. and muscle memory in a sense of our psychology, yeah. um, I I feel like women are brought up to work that muscle like we 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 grow up talking to each other in ways uh hopefully it's changing for boys now but in ways that i would say my husband doesn't even get to talk to his mates the way i talk to my female friends yeah and it's an interesting space for men to start to occupy like i i wonder how uncomfortable it is when you are used, when you're used to having everything in a box, even if it's an uncomfortable box and it's restricting, to suddenly be let out of the box, is it liberating or is it uncomfortable or is it a mixture of both? I think it's a, I think it's I think everyone will take different things out of it. I think it is a mixture of all. But if somebody's uncomfortable and you kind of see it in their body language and you see them twitching, moving yes. kind of things, I know from my experience that we've, we're dialing something up or we've tweaked something or we've given an opportunity for them to be able to, to talk about it. And I think, you know, as we see across the board, you know, with so many men struggling, you know, to be able to provide or to understand their role in life, that communication and a sense of community is key. I mean, we see it in sporting. I mean, I have a sporting background, so I understand what team, 
what the importance of team is like. You kind of walk around, you grunt, you growl, you, know, you do all these kind of things, you know, but you're in a team. When you're a dad at home, what are things, if you don't have other dads or other things, you are isolated in that team. And we crave community. We want to be independent on our own, showing that we are, you know, the man, so to speak, inverted commas. But really, we, we crave community. And the community, I think, as a whole, want to connect and want to be able to raise good children, happy children, be a part of a great relationship. And it really comes back to, I think, as we're talking in the beginning about establishing what I want out of life. What do I want? Do I want mateship? Do I want community? Do I want a great family? Do I want a career? Do I want a loving partner? All of these kind of things. But we need to be able to pause, stop, recalibrate and look at it and make sure that we're actually in control. Because you realize if you're not in control of where you're going, someone else is. Mm, gosh, so profound. Um, Nate, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. You're welcome, Siobhan. That's Nate Cook. He's a coach and owner of Gritbox Mind and Body Coaching. If you'd like to find out more about Nate and the work he does, we'll put links to his website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.